This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Wednesday, May the 29th. I'm your host, D.A. Tomorrow night, game number one of the NBA Finals and some interesting news. Kevin Durant will make the trip to Toronto for games one and games two. He did not make the trek to Houston for game number six of the semifinals, did not make the trek to Portland for game three and game four of the Western Conference Finals. So the first trip he's going to take in a couple of weeks after injuring that calf, is this good news for the Warriors? Let's begin in Sacramento with KIFM, the Rise Guys on ESPN 1320. So if they're playing games one and two in Toronto, and he's going, and he's only been declared out of game one, is this good news for the Warriors? No. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. I think that what they're doing is being as deliberate as they possibly can. If you want to draw a distinction, you know, um, he didn't travel with the team when it went to Portland last round. So I guess if you're drawing a distinction, that would be it. If he's not there, he can't play. But there are two games there. He's only been declared out for one of them. And there's like two weeks between games one and two, They want us to think there's a glimmer of hope. Yeah. If there's two weeks between games one and two, then I think he's got a real chance. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they're going to play Thursday, Sunday, as currently scheduled, yeah, I don't think so much, no. When they already know on Tuesday, which means they knew on Monday or Sunday or Saturday, that he was no chance he was playing in game one, to announce it well ahead of time, I'm sure they know that he's not playing at all. But I do think there's everything um, – It's there's all upside and no downside to putting the guy on the plane. Durant stays with the team, right? I mean, he travels with the team. He stays with the team. You're, you're basically – you're. Injured or not, you're you're gonna do everything you can to reinforce the message. You are the you're a warrior. You're with the Warriors. If they have any chance to even have the conversation about him re-signing, then there's no question that they would take him with them. Mm-hmm. There's no way they would leave him at home. That would be silly, right? That's just well. If he stays home, someone else can get his pretzels. Yes, but but so I mean, you said there's no downside. I think I could come up with a downside or two. Well, maybe, but he must be. Doing better if you know seriously if he's still really just hobbling they they wouldn't even want him flying just just lay in bed and watch the games and just don't walk around so he could if it's if it's truly if it's calf and nothing more um, then it's entirely possible that he can doesn't feel anything when he walks mm-hmm. and therefore walking is fine yeah but uh, I don't know it seems laughable maybe it has something to do with him maybe he says you know I don't want to give up yet on game two. Uh, I, I don't want to declare myself out of game two. Okay, Kevin. Or we'll declare you out of game one. Right. Or the old carrot uh, policy that they've employed with cousins, where mm-hmm. you kind of hold it out there like, hey, you're really coming along. You know, right. let's, let's keep, you know, you're just trying to encourage the guy to get 
you know, to stay in that positive frame of mind. It's like, hey, you might be really close to playing. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, the the medical staff will tell us, but boy, you look great. Get on that flight. Now, some pictures surfaced of Steve Kerr having dinner with Pop. What do mm-hmm. you think that was about? Uh, probably nothing. It's probably Kerr and Popovich, who are tremendously close friends, having a, a ludicrously expensive bottle of wine with dinner. That's what looked like was happening in the photo. Or, Bob, how do we stop this Kawhi guy? Well, you, you know just, him better I mean, than most? If it's a twofer. It, Steve Kerr's going to catch up with Popovich because he loves him, and, he, and, and it's almost – it's not father-son, but it's mm-hmm. definitely a mentor um, relationship. And, oh, by the way, you think they wouldn't talk about Kawhi? Of course they would. The guy who turned his back on you, Pop. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to see him suffer? I can help with that, Pop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Popovich could probably take a long draw on that wine glass and say, I got nothing. I mean, you know, we, I, I, <laughs> I can tell you what he does, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able to stop him. I think it can be nothing but good news considering they're bringing him along with at least some intention, I would imagine, of playing him if things maybe went wrong in game number one. He's not going to play game number one. But the fact that Durant is making the trip to Toronto, I don't think he would make the trip unless there was some semblance of an idea that he could play. So my guess is that they're going to bring him along and they're going to say if we lose game number one and we're really in trouble – Going into game number two, perhaps the offense looks terrible. Maybe Steph is in a shooting slump. Perhaps they can't lock down on Kawhi. Maybe there's just a bunch of things that go wrong in game number one, and they want a little bit more stability and more weaponry in game number two. I think that they would break glass in case of emergency. So I do think it's somewhat good news. Now, I will say that maybe some of this is simply the optics of Kevin Durant wanting to be with his team because he's going to leave in the offseason or whatever that dynamic is right now between him and the rest of that team and that organization before his free agency. Maybe that's part of it, just wanting to be with the team. But I don't think it's bad news for the Warriors to be suiting up Kevin Durant as he heads to Toronto for games one and games two. We'll see if he plays. You know, when you want NBA Finals chatter and you want deep dive analysis, where do you go? Well, you go to a guy that hosts diners, drive-ins, and dives, don't you? Guy Fieri, a big-time Warriors fan, a Cali native, joining Covey and Shasky in the butcher shop at 95-7 the game in San Francisco. Let's hear the breakdown. All right, I got to ask you about the the 68 red Camaro. I mean, was this Camaro always part of the show? And are you going to drive it to the finals to go see Drake in the parking lot and tell him that the Bay Area is going to sweep the Toronto Raptors? <laughs> Boy, you know, you've been reading my mind. I I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at sweep like we all want it, but I got to tell you, I watched all the games and that defense on those Raptors, man, that is just. I mean, I don't think it's going to be any any you know competition to that degree. But I, if it's a sweep, I'll be amazed. But no, you know what? It's, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, we've been planning this big family vacation, and uh, I'm driving my kids. We're taking the RV, and we're going on a big family road trip. My oldest son just got home from college, so it's going to be a hit and miss whether or not we're home in time for the. Uh, so if it does go a few extra games then there's a real good chance that I'm going to be coming home and catching a game. Otherwise, I think I'm going to be sitting in, the, in some campground on the way to Canada to go uh, you know, to watch our Warriors win. Well, we know you love Kevin Durant. I'm just curious, though, Guy Fieri, who's your favorite Warrior? Oh, good question. Uh, you know what? That's kind of like uh, who's your favorite kid. 
You know, there's not going to be a time. I've got stories about just about everybody. I mean, I don't know some of them real deep, but I'll tell you that, you know, Steph is probably, he's really, he's probably one of the most unique uh, superstar uh, athletes that I've met. You know, we were down at the game just, I don't know, uh, a month ago, and I was there with my youngest son, uh, Ryder. And Ryder's real into basketball. He's the one that got the whole family into it. And he's gone and done ball boy for the NBA All-Stars. He's had his cool little moment in the sun. But, uh, you know, it's really neat. Every time we're at a game, Steph knows, you know, I wouldn't even be standing next to him. And he'll walk up and give Ryder a what's up. And, of course, you know, knowing, being a guy that has fans that are into food, I know how important it is, the influence you can make on kids and you know, and just taking the time to say hi to him and so forth. And, boy, I tell you, nothing could make me prouder than to see my kid light up like that. So, Steph, of course, always is one of my faves. But KD, I mean, there's, listen, there's, I, I want all of them. I want, I want everybody from the past. I want everybody. Oh, Barnes. I mean, he was a buddy. So I, I can't say there's one. I'm just so proud of what we do and so proud of the Bay Area and all the support and all the fans. And we are some of the best fans in the, in the game. And, uh, we're, you know, we're blessed. We're blessed. Look where we are again. And there were some real lean years, you know. So it's uh, it's our time to celebrate. So I guess we have Guy versus Drake. Fieri versus Drake. Drake versus Fieri. This is at least somewhat interesting, right? A good old-fashioned celebrity beef never hurt anybody. And, you know, kind of feels like par for the course for the NBA. So I'd be okay with this. I don't know if Drake has frequented some type of diner or roadside stop with a greasy hamburger and paella that Fieri maybe suggested that got him a little sick on the rest of his drive. But either way, I'm down for a Fieri versus Drake rap battle. The NBA draft is coming up now less than a month away. And in Memphis, they did not win the lottery. That would be the New Orleans Pelicans who won the rights to Zion Williamson, as we might imagine. But they did get number two, and so is it going to be John Morant, the high flyer for Murray State, or could it be Duke's R.J. Barrett? Sounds like all eyes look at Joss. Let's hear from Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix, who joined 92.9 in Memphis in the Jason and John show. Yeah, there, there really is no doubt that John Morant is a, a home run pick at, at number two. So not only do they able to get Morant, but then you can kind of turn the corner and look at deals from Mike Conley that could add the right pieces to your young roster. I, I, I'm with the Grizzlies right now. I think that Ja's the pick, and, and with you it sounds like. But what, if they pick Ja, what would they potentially be missing out on, on with RJ? I mean, how highly do you think of him and what he'll be in, in terms of his career? I think pretty highly of him. Um, you know, they, I, I always hate the notion that it's, you know, it's a three-person draft. Sure. Nobody really knows that. There's, there's, there's always high-level talent right. after a certain X number of picks. But RJ Barrett... You know, Knicks fans were kind of melting down after they didn't mm-hmm. get a top two pick or top one pick. Uh, but, you know, the immediate reaction I was hearing was that R.J. Barrett is, you know, a potential all-star at the swing position. You know, a guy that can be a high-level scorer. And I think, look, I think he could benefit Memphis. I mean, Memphis needs everything right now. No outside doubt. Of whatever position, you know, Jaron Jackson is going to play uh, in the long term. But I think in this league, if you have the potential to get a franchise point guard, you have to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. There, there's just it's just the marquee position. There are too many great point guards in this league, and if you don't have one that can match, you better be sure that you have every other position shored up. And Morant has the potential to be a two-way type of guy. 
Uh, great size, which you need for uh, for today's NBA. Uh, I think Barrett could turn out to be a great player, but I, I just I, I'd have a hard time passing on John Morant. And then it's the flexibility he gives you when it comes to to trading Mike Conley, right, Chris? That's the added value, right? For John. Yeah, and, and look, I, I can't I can't sit here and, and say what Mike Conley's value is because of the number that he has on sure. his contract, and 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 certainly he's, he, he his value increases by the bounce back season that he had. I mean. I didn't know what Mike Conley was going to be at the start of the year because he, you know, coming off an injury like that, mm-hmm. I, I wondered if he'd lost some of his quickness, um, if he was able to get back to being the same player. And in some ways, he was better. But Mike Conley's got a great reputation as a leader across the league. Um, if I'm looking at a draft pick, I might look at Chicago. Uh, the Bulls are not enamored with that number seven pick uh, right now. Could they flip it from Mike Conley to put themselves in contention? I don't really get that move, but it's something that was talked about a lot, um, you know, at, at the combine in Chicago. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, I mean, they're going to get desperate at some point if exactly. they don't wind up with with somebody. So they they might be willing to take a flyer uh, and use some of their cap flexibility on Mike Conley. You're not going to get uh, a significant trade package, but you might be able to get back one solid prospect and the flexibility that comes with moving Mike Conley's uh, contract off the books. I think John Morant's going to be a phenomenal player in the NBA. And, yeah, he's going to have to develop a bit of a jump shot. He's certainly going to have to polish some of his skill set. But how could you not love what he was able to do in terms of putting a program on his back, leading them to the NCAA tournament, winning a game in the tournament, and just overall being one of the most exciting players last year in all of the game, and that includes Zion. I think that Jaws could be a phenomenal pick for Memphis and their fans. On the diamond, as we mentioned yesterday, Indians fans are hot. Let's go to Cleveland with Bull and Fox, a 92.3 the fan, and get one Indians fan who right now just doesn't understand. Now, to be fair, there's much worse owners than the Dolans. The team's been competitive most of the time. I give them a lot of blame for this year. I think it's outrageous they cut the payroll. But I'm not going to go as far as saying they're the worst owners ever. They've been generally good, pretty good owners. The payroll spending is frustrating. It's part of the picture. You know, it's not a total black and white issue. It's not like all bad or all good on anybody. Our one last call on this for now. Let's talk to Sam next up on the fan. Sam. Oh, man. Listen, Adam, (laughs) I watched that whole game yesterday. And the mental mistakes, like even Rick Manning, Martin does not hit the cutoff guy. And Rick Manning's like, how many times is that going to happen? And the first inning with first and third, Bowers, Bunted. Rick Manning said, swing the bat, son. Ridiculous. What are you doing? Rodriguez and Perez are sitting like two bumps on a log. They let the runner from first go to second. There's no communication. Sour Freeman hits a ball down the left field line. He doesn't send Perez home with two outs. It would have taken a perfect throw. And he has an 090 hitter on deck with two outs. And then Rodriguez is struggling in the fourth inning. And Manning and uh, Underwood are talking about that guys are hitting like four. 400-plus in the fifth inning on against Rodriguez. What does Francona do when he has nine relievers sitting down in the bullpen? He brings Rodriguez in, and the game is over. And I don't understand. It's like if the same things happen over and over and over, why aren't they getting addressed, Adam? And, I, and this is where great, a great, great rant. might... Yeah, this is where a player's manager might get in trouble, right? He's going to sit in the dugout and go, ah, you know, he'll talk among his guys. They'll figure it out. They'll learn. They're major leaguers. No, we need a guy to say, you hit the cutoff, man, or you're benched, or we're going to fine you. And while I'm on this, Saturday night, 
Carrasco, two outs, nobody on. He throws the same pitch over and over and over. Well, eventually the guy was fouling ball. He was hitting foul tips the whole time. Well, he throws the same pitch, and the guy hits a home run, okay? And I'm thinking in the past, you know what Mickey Callaway would have done? He would have gone right out there and said, listen, you're throwing the same pitch over and over. you got to be more aggressive. you got to go inside. What happens? Nothing. Nothing is happening. And you know what? Oh, I'll tell you what's happening. Losing is happening. And it, I, I'm, oh, gosh, this is crazy. I've never seen anything. Sam, a beautiful, beautiful rant. You're 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 on point. Everything you said, I agree with. Thank you for the call. That was great. It was great. That was an all time rant. That was a great rant by Sam. Passion. He nailed it. Yeah, he nailed the frustration of the fans. There's no doubt about it. You know that is famous last words from a fan base that is watching its team just toil every day and make the same mistakes and lose upon lose upon lose. When you just scream, I don't understand. And I don't understand. And your voice gets really high. I don't understand. How is this happening? What happens? Nothing. That's when you know that your spirit is about to be broken, especially if we have not even met June 1st yet. Yikes. And and, I'm, oh, gosh, this is crazy. From the AL Central to the NL Central, the Cincinnati Reds have found something in Derek Dietrich. He hits three home runs last night, and he has been on a ridiculous tear. Of his last 17 hits, 12 are home runs. And this guy was a scrap heap fine by the Reds and did his damage against the Pirates last night like he's done so many other times this season. Dietrich is just killing the Pirates. Here's the Fan Morning Show on 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. Yep, three homers for Derek Dietrich, who... Now has nine hits and 22 at-bats against the Pirates this season, and seven of them are home runs. Seven of his 17 home runs this season have come against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He has been a nightmare, and it didn't matter how how long he stood there and watched any of them last night because he could have stood stood there for a minute and a half. didn't matter. He was just going to keep crushing baseballs out of Great American Ballpark. He's the next in a long line not just in Cincinnati, but around the National League Central, Pirate Killers. So can we get rid of the narrative that he's a bum, at least against the Pirates? You know, I know he's hitting two fifty four. Well, yeah, I, I never necessarily liked the idea that a guy can't celebrate or can't stand based there on based, based on who he, on how he's playing. I thought that Brown and, and Weiner were in a bit of a bizarro world last night. I Their point is well taken in that his grandfather was somebody in the Pirates organization – uh, Steve Demetter and mm-hmm. someone who is really, really well respected. But like, I wish I loved something as much as they loved old school baseball and unwritten rules because they're like so into it. I I get it, and I'm on the other side of it, and so that's part of it too. And it's a nice, healthy discussion to have, right? But man, they hammered it on the TV side, like really hammered it. Like they wanted blood. They wanted the guy dead. They wanted they wanted Dietrich before he hit the first home run. Even they, I mean, they thought the Pirates were Somali pirates and they were going to get him. It was something else. I'm the captain now. Yeah, it, it, I I don't know. Like the 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 whole way of you need to respect the game kind of stuff and bringing up his his tattoo of I, his grandfather's birth yeah, date and death date was. I'm not saying it was over the top. I'm just saying they they had a lot to illustrate their point. 
Okay, and, well, the point's been illustrated now, and we hashed it over plenty yesterday and even back in April when it went down to PNC Park. I think the greater point now is you'd, you'd look even smaller had they decided to exact some sort of revenge on Derek Dietrich now. They'd look even smaller. You know what I was thinking, right? And I don't subscribe to this. If they would have hit him with the, in the first at bat mm-hmm. yesterday, nothing like that would have happened. <laughs> if they would have plunked him right away, if they really had a problem with him, Straight away, first at bat, it probably wouldn't have turned into what it turned into. You don't Jordan think so? Lyles might not have hurt his hamstring. Right. get kicked out of the game. I don't think it would have turned into that. I think, though, there was a guy on first when he came up with his first at bat. Yeah, like, there was. Yeah, second, first base wasn't oh, open. They're all, all two-run homers. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, right. First but, base. I mean, but before right, that. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, it, I, I don't know. I, and I'm not, I don't subscribe to that. And it's dead now. Now you can't do anything. That's what I mean. You'd look absolutely – you'd look tiny. If you decided to go after Derek Dietrich now, he's owned you. He he's owned you this year. And I, look, credit to the guy. He signed a minor league contract, caught on with the Reds, and really only due to injuries to Jeanette specifically has he been given an opportunity to play on an almost everyday basis. He can play on my team any day of and the he's, week. He's taken advantage of it at in the biggest way possible. Any day of the week, he could play on my team. Uh, he's a guy that has position flexibility. And you know what? He could help the Pittsburgh Pirates. You're right. Right now at third base. He could help the third base situation for $2 bucks. Um, but it's a guy that I don't think anybody could have foreseen what's going no. on right now. No. You know? It's impossible to predict. who. When you have a breakout like this, I think it's impossible to predict. Derek Dietrich was the only person who thought he was capable of this, to be quite honest. And after he hit the second one, I got to be frank with you, because the game was out of hand. I was kind of rooting for the third. I wanted to see if he would hit a third and see what would happen. I was hoping he would get up against in the ninth. They didn't have to hit in the ninth. And it's not just that he's hitting them. He's destroying them. I mean, he's hitting them way gone. How about he did the Michael Jordan, like, I don't know what got into me yeah. after the third one? Which, I just hate him so much. There, I understand he's tough to take. I get it. There's a couple things at play. One, his girlfriend's super hot. Um, two, <laughs> two. He's got he, a Mr. T starter he kit. He is the ultimate, ultimate guy on your team who you like, but you can't stand on the other team. Like, right. I get that. And then when coupled with Puig, it can get real grating. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure of it if you're on the other team. But if you're on his team, he's a max effort guy. He's a guy that comes prepared. He's a guy that brings a bunch of different gloves to the park. He can help you. He can definitely help you, especially in a National and, League roster. And he's quickly ascending up that list I mentioned of all-time pirate killers. For sure. I mean, Albert Pujols is is the guy, right? I, I tweeted, Matt put out on the Fan Morning Show Twitter account, given what Dietrich has done this season, who makes your list of the greatest pirate killers of all time? I threw out an entire order, an entire right, line. Who do you got? Go ahead. Pujols at first. Brandon Phillips at second. I fudged a little bit and put Alfonso Soriano at shortstop, but make it J.J. Hardy. It doesn't matter. Okay. Aramis Ramirez at third. Ryan Braun in left. Lance Berkman in center. Adam Dunn in right. Yadi Molina catching. Okay, I'll buy it. I'll take it. Uh, John Jay, nowhere on that team, though. John Jay's oh, he's on a the bench. bench. A valuable bench piece. Okay. See, I'd have to put Pence in there someplace. And Dietrich now, by way of that, plays his way onto this baseball <laughs> yes. team as a utility We've got guy. an entire roster. Right. Okay. It's amazing what the Marlins could have been, considering Dietrich's gone, Yelich is gone, Real Muto's gone, and Giancarlo Stanton's gone. That would seem to be a pretty good nucleus of players to contend for at least a wild card spot, no? But, of course, they had to rip it up and start again, and Marlins fans will never see a winner because the Marlins don't care. That's 
pretty obvious. Hey, let's wrap up with this question. If you have 1,000 shots to get a hole-in-one on the same hole, do you think you could do it? So let's put some stakes on the line. If you had 1,000 shots for a hole-in-one on the same hole, and if you made it, you won a ton of money. But if you missed it, you had to go to prison for a year. Would you take the bet? Here's 97.1, the ticket in Detroit. Jamie and Stoney breaking it down. Would you take this chance? A billion dollars, you get a thousand shots at all in one, or you spend one year in a maximum security prison. Now, Rick, Rick, Rick Riley made it. Yeah, I forget the exact After how many shot. shots or whatever. Okay. I, I forget okay. what the number was. Right. We haven't heard from Heather. Um, no, you guys are crazy. You don't do it. Heck well, no. Well, first of all, I, I, I was the only one here who spent some time inside. I can speak to, <laughs> I can speak to the, uh, the changes you go through. I mean, yes, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna risk. Obviously, you're gonna get some tattoos. You're probably gonna shave your head, and there will be, you know, well, I'm could, already shaving. Yeah, and there could be some, you know, yeah. some some episodes, you know, like Migs and the Shawshank Let's that you're be not gonna be comfortable with. <laughs> See, if that's part of it, I'm out. If, and you get mixed. Listen, if you're going to we'll be inside, Gov, you're going to run the risk. And I wouldn't do it either. If it was 125 or longer, I wouldn't do it. I would okay. change my answer. As a guy who's been told he has basically a female body, I'm screwed. Like, literally. Oh, we haven't gotten I mean, to this. Yeah. That's literally. Yeah. So uh, I, I better make it. And, and, and hopefully you have months to prepare. And, well, that's um, what I was going to say. You know, do you think you can go onto that hole and I mean, prepare for golf, on yeah. that no. hole? No, you have to. No, well, you don't have to do it on the hole. If you can just dial in your wedges a little bit, you know, but just, it's a, it is a downhill. Yard, downhill yard, can be, it would take a few shots to get the whole notion of hitting the ball downhill as opposed to straight. You no, know what I because mean? you would be able to get the exact distance. You yeah. could include the slope, slope adjusted. You know what what, what the yardage would be. Meter? What about the stimp? The stimp? Yeah. The isn't, stimp? That, isn't that the stimp meter is like the degree of the green? They, they always talk about that when like the. Those undulating greens. Oh, they go, well, yeah. Oh, the I mean, stem's a point three six. Yeah, but you'd be able to go down and look at the green and understand, mm-hmm. okay, you know, where you got to put it. It depends on the pl- pin placement, you know, and all that. It's a billion dollars. Yeah, you go for it. You do. With yeah. a thousand shots, you, you take the gamble. Heck no. What, what about if your husband told you he was doing it? No, heck no. He's not doing it. Re- it's a billion dollars. No. Uh-uh. You can fill that living room finally. What if no. it's disc golf? <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> Heather, no. Heather, lighten up. Come on. No. It's, uh, you'll be fine. A thousand pounds of, of weed. If you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? He's a great disc golfer. He's got all the perfect discs for the right no, distance. No, I would not allow that. Really? Come on. It's a thousand You don't shots. know when your life's going to end. I will not let him be in jail for a year. But just, it could be it's a, just one year. You're that's young. one year. He's what young? if I died? You're not, please. It. You'll he be could, fine. He, he could like learn about himself. He could write a book. <laughs> he could, yeah, he could an get expose. A whole industry. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, look, I think you got to take the bet. I think if you have a thousand chances at a hole-in-one, and it's a makeable hole-in-one, then I think you like your chances at doing it at least once. I mean, if you're a pseudo-decent golfer, look, if, if you can't connect wedge to ball, that's a problem. But if you're a pseudo-decent golfer, I mean, yeah, a year in maximum security prison, I think you can survive that. You've just got to make sure that you understand the way of the ground. You have to understand the, the way of the prison yard. You have to make the right friends. You have to make the right allies to protect you a little bit and probably understand 
the inner workings of a trade and trade agreements inside the prison walls. But yeah, I think you take that bet. It's the chance to become rich on a thousand golf shots. Yeah, you got to do that. Tomorrow, game number one, NBA Finals. We'll see you then. This is Around the Dial, everybody. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.